Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. My name is Jackie Ford, and um, it's been such a while since I've spoken to you guys, just to remind you (laughs) that I am a coach, mentor, and trainer living in Scotland, but working globally um, at the moment, mainly online, because I can't seem to go anywhere. Scotland has been in um, lockdown for quite some time, but hey, we're getting there. Yeah, it's been a while since I've created a podcast and, you know, it's it's interesting to me how I haven't really wanted to. This past year, I've spent a lot of time working with clients. You know, my work has continued the way that it always has, but there's been a sense of quietness, stillness, um, appreciation and gratitude um, just for life. I've had periods of, of ill health. Um, I've had periods where I've just been so involved and present with my family that that's all I've wanted to do. I, I haven't wanted to do anything else apart from fulfill the commitments that I already had with, with my, you know, my current list of clients. And see, to be honest, I've loved it. I've loved this sense of being, just being present, loving even more my relationship with with Mr. Lovely, my husband. You know, for all that's happened with COVID and, you know, my heart goes out to people who've lost their life and who have become quite ill with, with this virus. For some of us, there's been many blessings in that slowing down. And I'm not afraid to say I've enjoyed that slowing down. And it's interesting to me how I can believe that since I came across this understanding and started to study self-help and spirituality over 25 years ago, that I had slowed down. And see, to be honest, I keep being told that I haven't. (laughs) You know, I keep seeing that physically I may have slowed down, but mentally there's there's still more. There's still more to let go of. There's still more to to start to take a kind of minimalist attitude to with with the thoughts that are are fleeing through my head. You know, if we believe this, that there are 60 to 70,000 thoughts passing through each and all of us every single day, And we're only paying attention to probably about 5% of them, the ones that are on repeat, the ones that keep coming back, to help us see something more deeply. I'm grateful for that 5% of thought that keeps repeating. Even the ones that are uncomfortable, even the ones that, 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 you know, at times can feel scary and dark. Because each and all of these thoughts are a blessing. They are an opportunity for me to see something more deeply. And over this past year, I've had many dark night of the soul experiences. And some of them, to be honest, have scared the shit out of me and others have just been wonderful to be able to see through thought, belief, stories, pictures, sounds in my mind that have 
held me back from dropping more deeply into essence, into my true nature, into consciousness. And that's beautiful to be able to see all of the nonsense that has innocently been held on to because it formed the story of who I thought I was. This past year also for me has given me this opportunity to become a grandmother. My eldest daughter, Megan, had her daughter uh, during lockdown, at the beginning of lockdown actually. So we never actually got an opportunity to see my granddaughter until she was about a month old. And in between that time, my daughter had a, a challenging birth. And as a midwife, I knew everything that was going on and what was happening. And then she had a postpartum complication about a week after that nearly cost her her life. And again, because of the way Scotland was in lockdown, I, I physically couldn't get there. They weren't allowing anybody to travel or do anything. I learned a lot about myself in that situation. You know, as a woman bringing up three children, three daughters and having a, a, a very high profile corporate job in the pharmaceutical industry for 30 years, I had become a bit of a control freak because control was important because if I didn't keep everything ticking along as it was ticking along, then I felt that something might just happen that would stop us being able to function as a family, especially when the children were younger. And I think that's been one of my biggest insights over the last 25 years is that I'm not in control. No one's in control. I wasn't in control of what was happening with my daughter as she went through labor or in the postnatal period. I couldn't control the ability to get up to be with her. And I remember the morning that I heard that she'd been, you know, sort of taken as an emergency to the hospital. I remember being in the garden and sitting with, with my husband, Jerry. And I could feel these thoughts all going through my head. It was torture. It just, it felt very uncomfortable knowing what could possibly happen to my daughter, having that medical knowledge of knowing what could happen to her and not being able to do a damn thing about it. And then being able to be given the gift of awareness, of consciousness, to be able to see how the feeling that I was having, that feeling of devastation and despair and anger and frustration was being created by me from the inside out. 
being able to look at the situation from an impersonal perspective, that was unbelievable. To have this impersonal experience of my thought processes and my feelings, even although I was thinking of an experience with my daughter and with me that might not have ended well. And often in the community, the, the Three Principles community, they talk about this being neutrality. Being able to see a thought without engaging with it, without attaching story or meaning or purpose or action to it. And to be honest, I've always been quite good at being able to see that around business and, and, and family. You know, I felt as though, oh, yeah, I'm getting this. This is great. But when something happened that could have been devastating um, and could have caused a lot of suffering, to be able to see that impersonally was really such a gift because it allowed my thought processes to slow down. It allowed me to be able to see and become the witness to those thoughts and how those thoughts were creating feeling and how that's normal, that's natural. If I am having thoughts that I am either aware of or not aware of, there will be some kind of biochemical change in my body that will trigger changes changes in my feeling state that are there to alert me that something's going on and to be able to see that and feel that and notice that and be okay with it was one of the most beautiful gifts that I have ever been given and especially that happening during lockdown because that feeling of surrender, that feeling of increased awareness and being able to notice noticing thought and feeling without engaging with it. To be able to see that thought and not have that thought have me in a state of upset was very freeing. And it's interesting how you can have an insight like that and all of a sudden, like dominoes, other areas of your life where you have been taking thought personally starts to become more visible to you. I'm grateful that I also saw this to do with weight and weight loss because my journey really what brought me into this understanding was I felt as though you know my life's great I have a gorgeous husband a beautiful home you know I've always earned good money you know I kind of want for nothing I have we have three daughters I keep saying I have three daughters <laughs> but it took two of us to have these three daughters um 
we have three daughters who are healthy and wise and tenacious and clever and they care. They just care about other people and they care about life and, and, and they want to make a difference. And that is such a gift. So my life was great. Except there was something there about losing weight that I just hadn't seen. I'd got all these little snippets because I'd always been very slim. And when my father was dying, quite a number of years ago, actually, about 18 years ago, I started to put weight on. We had young children. I was working this high-profile corporate job that was incredibly busy. We lived in a different city. We were doing a house up. I lost my sense of self. Now, I'm not talking about my sense of self based on the stories of who I told myself that I was. I'm talking about my sense of self that never changes. The essence of me. And I didn't lose it. It simply became covered up with story, with belief, with concept, and primarily with fear. The fear of losing my father. And innocently, because I didn't really talk to anybody about it, the fear that was feeling me upset, because I felt as though I had to keep it all together, I soothed myself with, with food and with wine. And I developed a, a good strategy. That was a great strategy for me at the time because it helped me cope with what was going on. But unfortunately, like many of us, that soothing strategy became unconscious. So that every time from that space when something happened, that's what I would do. I would self-soothe with, with food or, you know, with, with a glass of wine or a glass of gin. And it's really, really curious how that had just become so hidden from me that I just couldn't see it. I couldn't see that that's what I was doing. And in that unfolding last year of seeing, really seeing the impersonal nature of thought, stories started to become more visible to me. So insights started to happen bit by bit. All the stories that I had around food and wine and self-care, And it's lovely when you get to see that that's all made up. It's all a construct. It's all conceptual. And that these are thoughts that are simply information passing through my head and passing through your head. They're not fact. They're not instruction. I don't need to do anything with them. I can have a thought that I'm hungry and I don't have to do anything with it. 
it's like, yeah, I'm hungry. That's okay. I'll eat when I can eat and I'll eat and choose something that's good for me. And over the years working with women in particular who have eating disorders, it's interesting that I could see it in them, but I couldn't see it in myself. I couldn't see the impersonal nature of thought in myself because it had become so ingrained. And watching someone who has been anorexic or bulimic, someone who has been extremely overweight, finally get in tune with themselves and no longer use food to punish themselves, to control their, their, their circumstances or their thought processes, gain weight or lose weight, doing what their body needs them to do for them to have the optimum nutrition that they need to have without relying on the personal nature of thought to tell them what to do. Because often that personal nature of thought is the one that gets us into trouble. It's intellectual thought. Watching others fall into the impersonal nature of life and thought and awareness helps them access their own wisdom, their body's wisdom, to eat what they're meant to eat, to not eat what they're not meant to eat. And to be okay with that. And it is, it is my greatest joy to help people who are stuck in that cycle. Because it, it's, it's not a nice cycle to be in. I've been in it my life, in, in my life too. I've been anorexic, I've been bulimic. And I've been overweight. And over this past year, without even trying... I've been given this gift of seeing the impersonal nature of thought so deeply that I've lost three and a half stone effortlessly. And I really mean effortlessly. After so many years of looking outside of myself to try to fix that part of me that I thought wasn't quite right, that I was using food to self-soothe when all I really needed to do and to see and to experience was the impersonal nature of life, of thought, of awareness more deeply. So this past year has been just this beautiful journey of settling more deeply into each and every moment of now that appears, savouring it, enjoying it, learning, appreciating, being grateful for life, life in all its forms, the moments where I'm all together and the moments that I'm not, and being okay when I'm not okay with it, and loving when I am. So why am I sharing this with you guys? I'm sharing it with you because this is episode one of season two of the Unashamedly Human podcast. 
And I hope you're starting to hear, even in this podcast, there's a shift. There's a shift in energy. There's a shift in me that I want to share with all of you. And it's all about becoming unashamedly human. Understanding thoughts and feelings and the stories and the concepts that we we live in unconsciously and consciously that we're either scared of or frightened of or we don't want to have. And learning more about that, learning more about that deeper knowing and meaning of that gorgeous dance between our psychological nature and our spiritual nature. Because when you understand that your psychological nature and your spiritual nature are just two sides of the same coin, you learn to dance gracefully more often than you have to tango. So this year, what you're going to see is Becoming Unashamedly Human, the Facebook group, where you're all invited to join. I'll be going live in that group once a week. I'm going to invite you all to, to send in your questions and you know, hopefully I'll be able to answer them for you. You will see the Unashamedly Human Life School launched. And also the Unashamedly Human Business School, because that's my background, both a medical background, a psychology background, a psychiatric background, but also a 30-year business background. And, And I'm not going to not share that with people because there's some amazing results coming out with the business clients that I already have in terms of their businesses really opening up and them gaining clarity. But I also am not going to let go of the clients that I work with that I really help them see and settle into a deeper understanding of the things that are holding them back. And the things that I want to talk about are anxiety, depression, eating disorders. These are aspects of my becoming unashamedly human journey that I have seen deeply myself and I I don't want to share what I've not seen deeply myself. I also have experience of working with young women and men who are self-harming and I look at what's out there in terms of services and there just isn't enough. So the Unashamedly Human Life School will look at that too. It's important. It's important for me to share me, my essence, my stories in as impersonal a way as I possibly can, but bringing heart and soul and love to what I'm sharing with you guys, because knowing that you might just hear something 
is such a, a beautiful thought for me that, you know, I can ramble like this with no script. <laughs> and maybe some of you are still listening and maybe some of you aren't, but it's lovely for me just to share that there's hope. There's hope for a different feeling that you can live your life in and that hopefully you can share with other people. In one of my groups, um, my private groups lately, one of, of the women, a beautiful soul called Helen Goldstein shared with me a metaphor that I had shared with her. And she shared it with her son. And it helped him. It helped him shift from a low mood to a different state of mind, a different state of being without having to work out how to do it, without having to change how he thought about things, without having to do any kind of work. He saw from the inside out, through insight, that it was okay. It's okay to have a low mood. But when you have that low mood, understand how it's being created. And if you can see that impersonally, that that is simply being created by thought in the moment, whatever your state of being is, then there's no need to take it so seriously. There's no need to feel that you stuck in, in a certain space or, or, or time or this is the way things are always going to be. And all of a sudden you're living in the state of hopelessness. He got to see that that was just this transient thing that happens to all of us. And that was beautiful, beautiful to have that feedback and beautiful for Helen because she saw it deeply enough to be able to say the same thing to her son. So my invitation for all of you is I hope you will join me and subscribe to the podcast either on Spotify or SoundCloud or iTunes. Sign up to my mailing list to find out more and even get on the wait list for the Unashamedly Human Life School to find out more about thoughts and feelings and psychology and psychiatry and eating disorders and depression and sales and you name it, I'm going to be talking about it. But I'm going to be talking about it from a much deeper space than I would have done if I was doing it last year. I'm grateful for the past 12 months. I'm grateful for the fact that I'm alive. I'm grateful for you listening to this and my family who are with me and not with me on this earthly plane. I am sad for the people who have not had a good experience this past year either mentally or physically or through losing their jobs. And my invitation is for all of you to come hang around becoming unashamedly human. And I hope that my words and the words of my guests will help you see something new and something fresh that will help. So thank you 
for listening to episode one of season two of the Unashamedly Human podcast. And uh, I really look forward to speaking to you all again soon. Take care. Lots of love.